0: Well, we're, uh, we're right smack dab in the middle of this series. It's called Everything is Spiritual. And uh, we're kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit, trying to connect some dots uh, to what from what the Bible says to what actually is happening in our life and, and how just about every single thing we do in this life is spiritual. Sometimes we think it's physical with some spiritual aspects, but it's actually all spiritual with some physical aspects. We talked about in week one, if you weren't here, we talked about that. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, that God created man in his image, us, mankind in his image. And the difference was that image part is not that we have two eyes or two hands because lots of animals have that, right? Monkeys and all that kind of, they're they're similar to us in that way. Where we differentiate, where we're made in the image of God is that he breathed his spirit into us. We're, We're spirits, we're souls with the body, not a body with a soul. It's kind of changing our perspective on how we see things. The second week, we talked about how God created, what did we talk about? i got to remember, we talked about marriage. God created marriage in Genesis chapter 2. We did Genesis 1 the first week, Genesis 2 the second week. That God created marriage, uh, parenthood, children, and how those things are created specifically to teach us spiritual things. Right? Are you all with me this morning? Yeah, those things are created to teach us constantly, remind us constantly that everything is spiritual. And then, so we covered week one is Genesis 1, week two is Genesis 2. This week we're talking about Genesis 3, and that's where the bad news comes in. The fall of man happens in Genesis chapter 3. That's where man, uh, Adam and Eve, where they sinned, they made some mistakes, they disobeyed God. Sin came in, it broke the world. You see, in Genesis 1 and 2, that was the Garden of Eden. God had brought the spiritual world into a physical realm. He had created his kingdom on earth. And so that it was it was perfect. And then he gave man a free will. That's one of the only things that I'd like to debate with him about a little bit. And we, I, it doesn't ever say how long we took to mess it up. It could have been a couple of weeks. It could have been a couple of millennium. We have no idea what Adam and Eve, how long they were in the Garden of Eden. But they, it came time, and they sinned. And what happened when they brought sin into God's kingdom, it broke it. It broke it compared to the way He wanted the way He created it. Without death, it changed that. Without sickness, it changed that. Without pain, it changed that. And because of sin and disobedience, that's what has happened to the world. So you look at God's kingdom, how He set it up in the the first days of the world. And then you look over to Jesus' teachings, His ministry in the New Testament, and it's amazing how many times that the kingdom of heaven, how he would say it, it's kind of his way of saying the spiritual world, the way God wants it. But he would say the kingdom of heaven. He's, he talked about that 10 or 12 times that we know of, that we have recorded. And that was a central part of his ministry. He would say the kingdom of heaven is like this. And you know what's cool about this? Here's what we're going to kind of launch from today. The kingdom of heaven is like, and then he would give a story of somebody that was standing in the audience And every single time he said, the kingdom of heaven is like, it was like people. Every time. He said, okay, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he's trying to describe God's kingdom to him, right? Like how it's spiritual and it's physical and the way God wants it and his will and all that coming about. Like Jesus goes, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer. And he's planting his crops and he would give this story. And another time, just a couple of chapters over, he'd say, okay, the kingdom of heaven is like... A fisherman, and he lets down his net, and the net scoops up all the fish. And he would explain that and go, That's the kingdom of heaven. And it, he, he didn't, he never, not one time, he said, Okay, so you have these principalities and powers, and there's these demons and a bunch of angels, and they have rockets, and there's fire. No, no he didn't ever do that. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? But he, he never talked like that. Every single time, it was about us. And I feel like if Jesus was here today and he was going, okay, okay, let me teach y'all. Since everything is spiritual, let me show you. The kingdom of heaven is like a mechanic. And a mechanic, so when, you, when you're when working with that car and the other people, and he would explain how that relates to the kingdom of heaven. Or he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like a teacher. And you're working with the kids and you're working with the faculty and the parents and all. And he would explain that and he would go, and that's the kingdom of heaven. And at the end of Almost all of about half of these stories, the people that were sitting in the audience or sitting on the side of the hill or on the beach while Jesus was teaching would go, why do you keep telling us in earthly terms? Why don't you tell us in spiritual terms? In heavenly terms? And Jesus would go, because this is the kingdom of heaven. Look at your neighbor and go, oh. Yeah. That, because... This is it. And, he, and he, other times he would even say, well, if you don't get this, if you don't get the physical way that I'm telling you, how would you get the heavenly way that I would tell you? Like if you don't understand the little bit, the physical aspect of the spiritual world, how would you understand the spiritual? How would you understand the angels and demons and rocket fire and all that? And so every time Jesus explained the kingdom of heaven is like, he would say it's people, it's farmers, it's firemen, it's doctors nurses, teachers. That's what he would say today. That's who we are. And then when he taught in Matthew 6, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he is teaching, he is sitting down, he is teaching a group of people. This is the serious stuff. The Sermon on the Mount was one of the best, probably the best message he preached in the whole Bible. He taught, he preached, whatever the sermon you get out of that is. And Jesus said, he started. He started telling stories and explaining the kingdom of heaven. How many? Do you remember some of your early Bible teaching? Some of your earliest? You remember going to church and, I don't know if you went to church growing up, I went to church a few times growing up. I remember one time going with my with my cousins. I was a guest of my cousins, and we were in uh, children's church. Is what we used to call it. Everybody called it that. Was there a different name for that? I don't know. They called it children's church. But I remember that the one of the teachers, one of the adults that. Kept telling me to be quiet. That's what I keep remembering. To quit talking so much. And uh, it's a gift I have. I get paid for it now. I got in trouble for it back then, you know. And, And I remember at the end of class, we were doing something and we were just having a blast. And he said, Scott, and like, stop talking. And I, you know, I'm like six or seven or eight, somewhere around in there. And I gave him a little, yes, sir, a little Hitler reference. I'm a goofy kid. And the next thing is he had me by the arm and he was jerking me and he said, You never do that. And he gave me some little Hitler speech, and my dad was in World War II, right? You know, something like that. And freaked me out. And I, of course, I immediately went and told my dad, Dad, I got a guy you gotta beat up, all right? And he explained why. And and after dad talked to him, he turned and looked at me and I was like, Oh, that backfired. Because he found out it's my fault. <laughs> And But I remember sitting in that class and listening to the Bible stories. Y'all remember flannel graphs? Yeah. I, we didn't have that in school. I had to go to this little church to see flannel graphs. We had the blue wall, this thing on an easel, and they would do little cutouts, flip them up there, and they would stick. I'm like, oh, huh? you got my attention now. I felt like a puppy when he would look at it, you know, like that. And And I remember that day, them setting the, the cross on the blue and talking about this is our hope. This is our hope. At like six or seven years old, I remember two or three times that I went, I remember some stories. And it, it's amazing what we, can, what we can pull from our memory, what we can remember about the kingdom of heaven. It can change our lives. And today, what I'm, what I'm hoping is I'm hoping to connect some dots, and this would be a message today that every single time you pray, that every single time you venture out, every single time you speak and you think, well, this could be something spiritual, I hope that God reminds you that of this scripture right here that, he's, that I'm fixing to read you. I hope that He reminds you of your part in the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus in Matthew 6, He begins to teach. He probably didn't have a flannel graph. He begins to teach and he says, Don't pray like these people, which probably got everybody's attention. He listed some ways not to pray. It's probably good for him. But then he gets over into Matthew 6, verse 9, and he says this Pray like this. And let me just say, when Jesus starts to tell us how to pray, this is the first thing he teaches us. All right? He says, Pray like this Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. That's number one. That's a great one. But here's the second one. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as is in heaven. And it is so easy for us. That's part of the Lord's Prayer. It's so easy for us to pray that because we pray. I pray that at least once a day. That's kind of one of my go-to. All right, Lord, walking around, I'm doing something, I take a break. You know what? May your name be kept holy all the time. May your name be prayed. I kind of expound on that. It's It's a good outline for prayer. And I'll get to that part. Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the first thing happens in my mind, the first question is, how is that going to happen? Does that mean angels and demons come down and they're going to fight it out for people? No. You know know what he's telling us? And this is the first thing I want us to get today. We're going to expound on this through the rest of the message. I want you to understand today that you and I are his plan. You and I are his plan to bring heaven to earth. He said, I'm leaving. We know Jesus left, right? He's not here on this earth anymore. He left you and me to bring heaven to earth. Can I get an amen like everybody's listening? All right, I'm with you. Y'all ever nod off when when I'm speaking? Uh, You don't have to raise your hand on this, please. I may hold a grudge. But sometimes when somebody's speaking, you just kind of nod off. And I pray for those nod offs in here. Do you know that? I pray. Lord, when they start nodding off, get them. All right. And what I mean by that is don't think bad. Speak to them. Use that, whatever, the scripture they're nodding off to, or that zoning out, whatever you call that, lap in Mars, whatever that is, you know, thinking about the bills you got to pay, or the list I got this week of things to do, and speak to them. And the, and the reason I want us to get this today, I want us to understand, and in this series, everything is spiritual, that you, you, the reason, listen, the reason God created you in His image on this planet, and that He's not here, so you could bring heaven to earth. That's Genesis 1. The reason that he, in Genesis 2, that he created parenthood and marriage and, and kids, the reason he did that is so that you could bring heaven to earth. And now that Genesis 3 happened, that sin has come and it has not allowed earth to be like God wanted it, I want you to understand that you and I are the plan. We're the hope of God. We're the plan of God to bring heaven to earth. Is that a little bit of weight this morning? Are you cool with that? Are you going to have to settle in for that? Here's what's great about it, though. This is what we're going to talk about. That God has equipped us. God has skilled us. God has blessed us to do just what He's called us to do. To bring heaven to earth in your life. How many could use a little more heaven in your life? Yeah, if you didn't raise your hand or say amen, you don't get any today, okay? You have to participate. Can y'all tell I'm kind of in the zone right now this morning? I had extra tea this morning, so I'm with you, all right? I often pray this prayer and stop right here at this line and go into a crazy discussion with God. How? How much can I get? I want it all. What do I need to do? How often do I need to pray this? How do I go about stepping into this? What things do I need to say and do and ask for? Are you with me on that? I mean, like, I want to know if you said to pray this, then how can I do that? Then how can I be a part of that? And then I begin to think, what is heaven on earth like in my life? Sometimes it's hard because all I know is me. I don't know everybody else the way everybody else thinks or the way everybody else does. But can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just for a second, in your life, can you imagine? I, I don't know that this is it. But just from what I read in Scripture, the pieces of, in Scriptures that I read, and I go, what if I had that? And what if I had that? When Jesus said, "Do that," what if I did that? What if I thought like this and acted like this and dreamed about that? What if I did those things? And I think, what if, what if I woke up every single morning of my life? What if I woke up and I just had an overwhelming understanding that everything's going to be okay, no matter what I was going through? I didn't get one amen on that, but some of y'all are still chewing on it. What, every day. Is that possible? That's, that, I pray that every day. I pray, Lord, help me to get closer to heaven on earth. I, I wrote down some things. What if, what if I understood in every situation that I go through, some of what we talked about in week one, that God's Spirit is with me. That every aspect of this situation that I'm going through, God knew and He's prepared me to go through it with Him. What about that? What if I was absolutely fascinated with every part of creation and understood that every part of my environment and creation in this world was a part of my life, was a part of the puzzle of heaven on earth, was a part of everything is spiritual? What if every class that I set through, I understand that God's got me here by design? What if every boss that I worked for, come on, help us, Lord, help me get this point across right here. What what if every boss I worked for wasn't as much about him leading me as me loving him or her or them? Not getting many amens, but this is the weird stuff that I, when I pray heaven on earth, Lord, seriously, what does that mean in my life? What does that mean to me? What about, here's one of my favorites. What about my concepts of hardship and labor and work? What if that changed? What if that changed and and heaven on earth meant that I saw things now with, it became passion and purpose instead of hardship and work. You, You understand like the perspective that it changes when I understand that everything is spiritual, that everything that God created is spiritual and the reason for that is to help me That The only organic beings on this planet that are created in his image is us, are humans. And he said, and here's how I want you to pray. First, God, your name's holy. But second, I don't want to skip over that too quick, but that's not the point for today. That your will would be done. Your kingdom, your kingdom would come on earth as in heaven. And here I'm just going to add something to scripture. Can I do that without going to hell? And that we're the conduit for it. That I, I want to be the conduit for bringing heaven to earth. Amen? Will, will you, you? Can you use me? That's why I told you to pray it. That's why I said every day, this, this is how you should pray. Keep God holy. Keep God number one. And secondly, how about you bring your will and your kingdom through me today? Amen? You wonder in Matthew 22 when Jesus was asked when he was tested, it said, by the Pharisees, what is the greatest commandment of those 600 and something commandments? We're going to do this again, all right? You want want to know why? He said, here it is. You love God and love people, and that sums up everything. Because all the rest of those things are are for you. Don't plant your fields this way. Don't work seven days a week. Take a Sabbath. All those things are to help you. There's two of them that will bring my kingdom to earth. Love God, and another way you love God, one way you love God is with your life, another way is by loving His kids. And that's how you bring my kingdom to earth, every single day. Pray it, and then we do it. So there are four points after this in your notes, four points that I I wanna tell you that South Point, we gear everything this direction we want to like read stuff in scripture and go, okay, this is super important. Are we helping people to do that? Are we helping take people in that direction? Or are we doing stuff out of tradition or because like six people in 1912 wanted to do it and we're still doing it? we don't want to do stuff like that. We want to do things that help people bring about God's will in their life. Amen. Punch your neighbor and say, you getting this? Lightly. All right. So, so I'm going to Today, let, let's let's talk about things we do at South Point, but let's connect them to spiritual things because so many times we read things or we see something in the bulletin or we see a video announcement of it or uh, Jenny or Michael or somebody makes an announcement and go, oh, that's something physical that we're doing. But can I tell you that even everything we do at South Point is spiritual? I'm not trying to like raise us up, but I'm saying like we have a purpose and a passion for why we do what we do. And today I want to connect the dots to that, connect the dots of bringing Heaven to earth. The first one is this. Here's our four things that we shoot for. We've done this for eight and a half years now. This is these are our goals. One, that you would know God. All right, that you would know God. Now I'm going to back up. I I have a scripture. It's a it's above this in your notes, but I'm going to save it for now because we want you to know God first and foremost, because that's the only way that you can pray Matthew six. If you know God, you can't pray Matthew six from your heart, from your soul, without knowing God. Listen to what Romans 12 says. Can we go back to that scripture? Romans 12, we're going to read that. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you. Everybody say, let God. Woo! Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then, I love it. He says, if you will let God, then, here we go, then you will learn to know God's will for, your, for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Once we give God the keys, once we let God transform us, once we let God have our heart, can I tell you that I've had a couple of conversations about marriage with people in our church since, since the message last week. And then me and my wife sitting down yesterday, me and Jenny were sitting down, we were talking about stuff and talking about different marriages and, and really came to the conclusion that we, that we always do Really, last week, talking about what makes a great marriage is really what we talked about the week before that and what makes a great Christian. You you understand? Like You can't can't have a great marriage without being great Christians because that's what makes you humble. That's what makes you submit. That's what makes you see that it's spiritual. That's what makes you see that we're in this together, that two are going to become one. And it's the same way with us today bringing heaven to earth. We, we can't pray the prayer until we give God the keys. The same thing that makes a great marriage, that makes a great Christian, is what gets us started on bringing heaven to earth. How many, one more time, could use some heaven in their life? It starts, first and foremost, by letting God transform you. Let's take a step into that really quick. So at South Point, we talk about that. We talk about some of our core values that are out there hanging up in common grounds. Church, seven days a week. That means we don't just attend church, but we are the church. We get that, that we're the spiritual temples, right? Can I get an amen on that? We're the spiritual temples. Another one is transformational living, that God's never through transforming us. He changes us day in and day out, seven days a week. That's what this scripture says. If you will let God into every area of your life. All right, now we're going to practice something, all right? Are you ready? Practice by faith. Are you ready? I don't know. Say it, and then we'll answer. Right? All right. Repeat this. I'm gonna let God into my thought life. Woo! All right, we're good. That's the first hump. I'm gonna let God into my heart. See, super easy, super easy. I'm gonna let God into my relationships. Did I hear mumbling on that? I thought I heard somebody. I didn't say it. It didn't count. I'm going to let God into my finances. I'm going to let God into my business decisions. I'm going to let God go with me to school. I'm going to let God into every situation in my life. When Jesus says, or when Paul said, let God transform the way you think. Let God transform the way you see things. Let God transform our carnal minds, our flesh minds into spiritual minds, into spiritual understanding that everything is spiritual. When we, when we do that, not just say that, but when we do that, when we let God into each area of our life and he transforms how we see our teachers, our professors, our bosses, our schools, our co-workers, our students, our family, our spouses, all these people in our life. When God transforms that, then... Only then, when we're walking that way, can we look at something and go, I think this is God's will for my life. I think this is God's will. This is how God's going to bring about heaven in my life. He's going to use me to do this. You know how come? Because I've been letting God think through me. I've been letting God see through me. Show me what his eyes see when he looks at my kids. Show me what his eyes see when he looks at my marriage. You understand? It's only after we let God in that everything is spiritual. Spiritual. Let's let God. Amen? Let's let God. Just let Him in. Let Him do what He wants to do. Matthew 7, it's not in your notes, but it's one of those scriptures that come up in in my life often, and it says this, Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a reminder to me that it's not just saying it, but it's surrendering. It's it's letting God have the keys. It's a rebirth that changes you, you. You know why church does not work for so many people? Because they won't let God. They won't let Him have the keys. Like Lord, I really need You to go to work with me, but I want You to sit here and only talk when You're talked to. Can I get an amen? Don't chime up in the board meeting. All right, I could get demoted. They think I'm weird. Not ask me to come to the next one. But it's when we let God direct our lives and guide our lives, that's when we start seeing, I think this is God's will. I think this is God's will. I think this is God's will. And if that's what I'm praying, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, hey, I think I'm starting to see this. I'm starting to connect the dots by what I'm letting God do and what he's changing to me and what I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see God's kingdom on earth. I'm starting to see God's kingdom in my relationships. Holy cow, I'm starting to see God's kingdom in my professor. Something's wrong. I'm starting to see God's kingdom everywhere in my life and my part of bringing that about. Now when I pray, Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. Now I'm starting to get, I'm part of that. I've been doing that. I'm trying to love God and love people just like you were so I can bring your kingdom to earth. Woo, I'm preaching better than y'all shouting, this thing. About 97.2%. The, second one, the first one is to know God. The second one is to find freedom. And this is a huge one. I want to stick on this for just a second, even though I'm out of seconds. I want to stick on this one. It's find freedom because this is so important. So many times in church, we don't understand that there are two types of freedom. All right? There's an instant freedom in Jesus, instant freedom. And then there is an ongoing learned freedom from ourselves, from the world, from our habits. Listen, I used to tell people, when I first got saved, I, w- I was lost for 23 years and got real colorful the last six or eight years. And I would tell, like, they said, why don't, you, why don't you help out the youth ministry? There were like 15 teenagers and two or three college students back there helping out. Why don't you help out? And I said, I don't know. I've just been saved a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whatever it was. At the time." And I would tell them, like, listen, it took me 23 years to learn how to cuss really good. And I don't know that I'm done with that just yet. Does that make sense? Like, like if I slam my finger in the door, I'm going have to apologize to everybody in the building. I'm just trying to be honest. Like, and so there is an instant, instant salvation, freedom from spiritual bondage, all of that kind of stuff, instantly with Christ. Instantly. Instantly. Everybody say instantly. Instantly with Christ. Listen to this. Romans 8. So now, now. It's super important. Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Amen. Right? When I give my life, when I let God here, here's the keys. Here's my heart. Here's my agenda. Here's my mind. It's yours. I'm spiritual, man. I get it. I'm a soul that's just wrapped in a body. I get that. Let's go, Lord. I'm completely free from the bonds of sin. Death, hell, all of that. But I have some habits that I've been doing for 23 years that I am going to need that life giving spirit to help me identify and to walk away from and leave it. Amen? Oh, y'all may not be convinced on that. You convinced? And so many times we forget that it's ongoing. That God is not doing that transformational living just continually happens. And that's why, that's why we have a couple of different things. Like One specifically, I want to encourage you to read God's Word every day of your life. God's Word is the best surgeon that we have. It's the best spotlight we have to just point it at you and go, here you go, here's the area I want you to work on. Here's the area I want you to get better at. Here's the area I want you to let me transform. But another one in your notes is our point groups, our small groups here at South Point. The reason we do this is not because like it's this hip, cool thing to do and we get bonus points in heaven. The reason is is because, listen, we learn God's Word on our own, right? I read it. You hear it. You're inspired by it. You probably think this is the best message you ever heard today, but you walk out of here. There you go. Thank you for that one. You walk out of here and you go, so how do I apply that to life? And it's in those small groups that you're able to sit with people and go, okay, so me and my wife were talking the other day. I got really hacked off, and I got really mad, and, and I kind of lost my temper. Bob and Tom, how do, you guys, how do you guys get over that? Have you ever dealt with that? And both of them look at you, you go, nope, never dealt with that. Nope, not in our small group, our small group. We're all doing this, about third word into that sentence, right? Like, yep, we've dealt with that. What, what are some things you do to, to let God lead you in that and not get sucked into you know sinning in that? And just like the word says in Proverbs, says iron sharpens iron. So in that small group, we sharpen one another. We help one another out. But even with that, I had this discussion two weeks ago. Even with that, there are some major things in our lives sometimes. People get saved. We get saved out of really deep holes. Does that make sense? And there are major life-controlling issues happening. And that's why we have our care network on Thursday nights. You so say, my, my finances are in shambles. I need somebody to help me. That's why we have Financial Peace University. It teaches you from A to Z about finances. You don't have to like start giving to the church to attend it or want you to show up. You do have to buy some curriculum, invest in it, and then let them walk you through it. What about if you've been through a tragedy? Have you ever been through a tragedy? You're like, listen, I'm not bound spiritually. I'm going through a super hard time, and I'm questioning my faith, and I'm struggling with what's going on in life. Well, we have... A group that meets on Thursday nights called Grief Share. Well, I'm going through a divorce and it's just ripping me up. How do I handle it? We have divorce care on Thursday. Do you understand? Like The reason we do the things that we do because we understand there is an instant, instant freedom. And then there's an ongoing freedom that you need help and maintenance. We all do for the rest of our lives as we transform and understand that we are spiritual. Amen? That's why we do the things that we do. The third one is this. Discover our purpose. All of you know this because this is our dream team. But can I tell you, this is one of the biggest first steps. The dream team is one of the biggest first steps of you bringing about God's kingdom on this earth because you start identifying and learning what your gifts, what your ability, we don't tell you what they are. You you do those. In fact, I think today is week three of Growth Track. It's what they're doing today. They, uh, it's a spiritual gifts assessment. And you, you feel that I, these are some things that I like. These are the things that I don't like. And then you pair them up and they go, Oh, well, that's why I like to do this and that's why I like to do that. Those are our gifts. That's where God has guided us and directed us. And when we open the door for you at South Point to start using your gifts and your abilities, you start bringing about God's kingdom here. You start seeing God use you. You start seeing that life-giving spirit that we read about in Romans 12 working in your life. You start understanding, this is how I love God and love people. This is my first step. Oftentimes, it starts on the dream team, and then people venture out and do th- their whole life. They start using those gifts and abilities in their entire lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, many people will know this one, and they'll quote it. it says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. But I read that, and I also understand that, you know what? God was talking to Jeremiah there. He wasn't talking to Scott. So here's what I do. It's Scott 29 11. All right. I know this is weird. It's a little much insight for you, but God's telling me, Scott, I know the plans that I have for you plans to fill in the blank. Because I believe that just like God knew Jeremiah, the things that he needed for that week, that month, that situation, the things that God wanted to use him in, he knows the exact same thing about you. Adam, God knows the plans that he has for you. He has plans too. And then I fill in the blank. And Lord, you know what I need this week. I'm feeling sick. I need, I need strength in my body this week, Lord. Will you help me? Is that part of your plans? Because I believe when you say pray that heaven comes on earth, that's some of that weeding out sin. That's some of that life coming. How about how about? interacting with some of my family got some struggles in my family lord will you give me this week or some of your plans to give me spiritual insight and wisdom into what to say maybe what not to say how to guide my family how to pray for them how to lead them and help them you you understand what i'm saying i i see that scripture like that was for jeremiah but god says the same thing about us i know the plans that i have for you plans to prosper you not to harm you for a future and a hope the last one is this point four is this it is to make a difference Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. In a nutshell, that's what bringing heaven to earth is all about. It got broke in the Garden of Eden. God's perfect kingdom got messed up in the Garden of Eden. But you know what? He handed the baton to us in our schools, in our careers, in our families. And he said, I want you to go bring heaven to earth. That's how I want you to pray. That's how I want you to live. The fourth one is to make a difference. In Matthew 25, and I'm going to end with this Matthew 25 was one of those times, and Jesus said this The kingdom of heaven is like a man who was leaving on a trip. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, I'm going to paraphrase it. And he said, He took his wealth and he distributed it among three of his servants. One he gave. Five bags of gold, one he gave three bags of gold, and one he gave one bag of gold. And he said, I'm going away for a long time. I want you to invest that. I want you to use that. And it says, so the one with five went and invested it. The one with three went and invested it. And the one with one was scared that he would lose the only one that he had, so he buried it. And after a long time, it said, the master of the house came back. And he said, show me what you did with what I gave you. And the one with five said, hey, I invested this. I doubled it. Here's the 10 bags. The other one said, hey, I, I have six from the three. I, I doubled this investment. And the one said, well, Lord, I knew how precious your treasure was, so I buried it so I would not lose it. And you know what he said to that one? Like if that was my kid, I'd be like, all right, way to go. You brought back as much money as I gave you because my kids never bring back as much money as I gave them. I'd be like, that's awesome. But remember, he's not talking about kids. He started this parable with the kingdom of heaven is like. And he said, you wicked servant, get out of my presence. And for so long, that just it troubles me to read that, except for he's not actually talking about gold. What what he's talking about is the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about us as his servants and him as the master. He says, I've given you gifts abilities and now i'm going to go away and my goal is for you to go use those gifts and abilities and bring heaven to earth just think if jesus was standing up here today and he said the only hope this world has is you is you loving on them is you leading them is you helping them is you praying for them the only hope this world has it is jesus but it's through his conduits that will bring heaven to earth. Listen, I look at I look at a part of my family, not my inner, my immediate family, but my extended family, and go, it may be me and my cousin is it to reach them. They're not going to listen to strangers. It may be us. That's it. And then I see other situations in my life that are that are needing God, and I say, you know what? Lord, here's my prayer. Your name be kept number one in my life, holy. But I also pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm going to let you have every part of my life so that I can test and approve what your will is in my life because I want your kingdom and your will to happen in my life so I can bring heaven on earth. Can I tell you that God's plan today is us. He is allowing us to bring heaven to earth. That's how I want us to pray today. God, help me to live out what your word says. Help me to be heaven on earth. Wherever I'm at, right here, right now, God doesn't want to take you to the major leagues if you're in the minor leagues, whatever spiritual area you're at, but he does want us to pray that prayer. Your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and then go and do that. Let's pray that today. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you encourage us from Genesis 1 to Revelation 21. You encourage us to go be you. To be your plan, your conduit, your deliverer, your messenger, your servant on this planet. And sometimes, Lord, in an extremely physical world, it's very difficult to see that spiritual. I pray for all of us in this room today, everybody watching online, Lord, that you would help us to see the spiritual in everything, to understand that everything is spiritual, especially the people in our lives, that because we know you, that you want to speak through us to them. You want to speak with love. With kindness, you want to speak with wisdom or strength. Whatever it would be, whenever it would be, Lord, we pray that you would use us. With your eyes still bowed, or your eyes still closed and your head still bowed, let me pray one more prayer. Because it all starts today, it all starts with letting God transform us. Letting God control our lives. Have our heart and our mind. And if you're here today and you say, that's exactly what I want. I want that in my life. I want God to lead me. I want there to be heaven on earth in my life. I want to pray for you today. I won't ask you to stand up or come up front. But I I will ask that you just, if you're making that decision, and you say, that's me. Well, you just let me know. Nobody's looking around. Just take the first step. Looking up at me and give me a little wave. And let me know I'm making that decision today. And I'll pray for you today right here. Awesome. Awesome. Super proud of you. You can put your hand right back down. Anybody else praying for you today? Awesome. Super proud of you. Goodness gracious. It's exciting. Well, as I pray, these that raise their hand and and really everybody else, let's pray together. Let's say, Lord, that's me. I'm giving you the keys to my life. Will you start transforming me from this day forward to let me see heaven on earth in my life, Jesus, I love you today. I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray for these that raise their hand, for these that are open in their hearts, changing their lives today. I pray that you would come into their life and forgive them of their sin. Forgive them of past. And let them know that today forward is what counts, Lord, that you've forgiven them of their past. That from this day forward, you're going to transform their heart and their mind, the way they think and understand this world. That you'll lead them in truth that you'll guide them in wisdom, that you'll give them strength through your spirit, and that together with your help, Lord, you're going to transform the way they think and allow them to see heaven on earth in their life. I pray for us all in this room, Lord, that every day of our lives we would see you more and more as we let you transform us more into you every single day. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen, amen.